Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today. New Hope Radio, Dave Therrien with you. The Hope Club Podcast as well. Love to be here and talk about the Word of God. You know, Jesus, he likened the kingdom of heaven to a lot of different things. You know that? And uh, we talked about some of them. He said the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, grows into a big bush. He said it's like, you know, it's got good people and bad people. They're going to be sorted out at the end. Kingdom of heaven is like a fishnet. Wow, a fishnet. We talked about that too. Today we're going to compare a couple of other things that Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like. Treasure and pearls. He's going to tell two parables of the kingdom of heaven. They're similar, yet they're diverse. And, you know, I like it when when Jesus says things that are similar and diverse. You know why? Because he knows how to give different meanings to things which appear the same. So we can all look at the same thing or hear the same thing, but we can find different meanings in them. That's what makes Jesus such a master teacher. Now, the parables that we're going to look at today, they have been interpreted in different ways. That's okay. Um, one of them has to do with treasure. The treasure sometimes was interpreted as Jesus himself. Other times, we are the treasure. Think of that. Uh, the pearl could represent the gospel, or it could represent we are the pearl. Either way. And I, I've taught it both ways in the past. But today I'm going to bring you another angle to help us to understand the parable. And the point today is the kingdom of heaven is worth buying into. Oh, that's the key. Get that one down. The kingdom of heaven is worth buying into. We're going to use two illustrations that come from Jesus. And he uses them in the sense that one is found by chance, one treasure. The other one is found by seeking. Okay? So we find it in Matthew 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found. Here's the one that was found by chance, right? Oh, and he hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. Now, here's an interesting word, treasure. The Greek word for treasure is thesaurus, and it's where we get the word thesaurus. Huh. And what is a thesaurus? A thesaurus is a book of words. It's a treasure book of words. You know, only humans have words. Animals don't have words. Fish don't have words. Birds don't have words. We have words. And words can accomplish a lot of good. Oh, and they can accomplish some bad as well. So think of having a treasure house of words that you can use to enrich people. Those are the words that we should speak. Words that enrich others. So we've got this treasure, this thesaurus, hidden in a field. Now, were this a pot of gold, would the man need to buy the field? If he found it, he just might take it. After all, there's no name attached to it. 
Who knows how long it's been there? Perhaps years and years. I wonder rather if this was more than a chest of gold hidden in a field. I wonder if he stumbled upon a gold mine or a river that contained gold. I would liken the kingdom of heaven more to a gold mine than a bag of golden bracelets. Why? Because the kingdom of heaven offers that which is limitless. Limitless. For those of you that have found Christ, you know that you have attained things for your life. And I'm not talking material. I'm talking higher than that. You've attained things for your life, which are of a much higher level. Things you never thought you could attain or would attain. A sense of peace and joy and fulfillment. And it's limitless. It just keeps going on. It's never exhausted. So back in verse 44 of Matthew 13, this man, he found it and he hid it again. From joy over it, he goes and he sells all that he has and he buys that field. Maybe this was a stream with glistening golden pebbles in it. Maybe it was a dried riverbed with the same. Whatever it was, and you can picture whatever kind of treasure you think it was, he took steps, here it comes, not to lose it. That's the purpose of the story. He took steps not to lose it. Jesus is not teaching about moral judgment, but about necessity. The necessity to have the kingdom of God. He's showing us a man that has found something which far surpasses anything else that he could ever have, the kingdom of God. He abandons what he has. And you know what? He does it with joy. He does it joyfully. Remember now, let's get the setting for this parable. Jesus has left the crowd. He's gone into a house with his disciples. And he's speaking directly to them, their benefit. So perhaps these parables are on discipleship or they're for the disciple, the one that's going to be useful in the kingdom of God. He told the parable of the fishnet, it's what they needed to know about the gospel, that it goes out into the world and it takes in all kinds of people. He told the parable of the mustard seed that it has a slow influence, but it's a beautiful blessing for those that come into it. This treasure, the parable of the treasure, it talks about the cost of employment in the gospel. What does it cost you? Jesus never painted a picture that made it easy for his followers. You can't say he did that. He always said, count the cost. The guy who found the treasure, he abandoned all that he had. But I want you to notice the joy factor. For the joy he went and sold that he had. The word is kara. It means cheerfulness. And notice what he buys. That field. He sells everything he's got. And he buys that particular field. Not any field. That field. Not another field that looked good. He didn't go buy a new chariot. He bought that particular field. 
where he found the gold. Think about it. Let's make an application to the spiritual leaders that we follow. Do you follow any spiritual leader? Do you follow any religious enterprise? Any kingdom? Or is it really focused on Christ? That's the key. Jesus is the treasure. And our focus needs to be totally and completely on him. So again, disciples, get ready. Here comes another parable in verse 45. The first treasure was found by chance. The second treasure is found by seeking. Ah, two different kinds of people, huh? That's okay. Maybe you found Christ by chance, somehow, some way. You weren't really thinking about a relationship with God, but it happened. And then there are others they know they need God in their life, and they go looking. And that's good, too. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. Okay. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and he sold all that he had, and he bought it. He, let, let's say this guy's been buying pearls for years, and he found this one special pearl. Oh, that's the mama of all pearls. He sold all his other pearls, his whole pearl inventory, to buy that one, to buy that one pearl. What is this parable about? It's about sacrificing the lower to obtain the higher. That's what it's about. Remember the disciples. They left all that they knew, and they had to follow Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus called Simon and Andrew to follow him. And immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Oh, they left their vocation. They left their source of income. They left their families to a degree to follow after Christ. And then he saw James and John. And the same thing happened. They gave up lower in order to find the higher. Jesus said, you're catching fish, but I'll make you fishes of men. You're catching fish that go into the pan today, but I'm going to make you fishes of men that have an eternal soul, that live forever. See, the disciples, before Jesus found them, were looking for things that make for a good life. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with looking for things that make for a good life. Who doesn't want that? But like in our parable, upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and he sold all that he had, all the other pearls, and he bought that one. See, there are two ways of finding, but only one way of getting. You can find by chance, and you can find by seeking. But once you find, there's only one option. And what is the option? You've got to abandon all hope of getting it any other way, except by sacrificing the lower for the higher. And I think when it comes to following after God, those that live a life closer to God are those that have sacrificed the most and the lower realm to attain the most in the higher realm. So we have like the convenient follower 
that abandons a little bit and goes up a little bit. Then we have the, let's say, the moderate follower that abandons a little more. <clears throat> that one goes a little higher. And then we have the one that's totally sold out. And they just turn their back on the world. And they go after Christ with everything they have. That's what this parable is about. Abandoning the lower, everything down below, in order to gain what waits for you above. And when Jesus called these disciples, they obeyed. They forsook all they had, all that they knew, and they found employment. Oh, here it comes in the kingdom of heaven. He started off with 12. One of them, you know what? He wasn't willing to make the abandonment. That was Judas. He fell away. But then he was replaced by the Apostle Paul. And think about how 12 men were used by God, are you kidding me, to change the world. What? 12. 12 men in the hands of God that can change the world. And now the world has hope because of those 12 men. And here we are, reading their writings 2,000 years later, watching their lifestyles 2,000 years later, looking at the things that God accomplished through them 2,000 years later. And we find ourselves reaping wisdom and weeping, reaping hope and reaping knowledge and strength through the scriptures that they penned for us. So like the early disciples, even today, who isn't looking for the good life? Everybody is. You're looking for the good life in your career, not a good job that will support the family. Looking for the good life in your neighborhood, a nice, safe neighborhood. Looking for the good life in your choice of friends, in your hobbies. They've all been chosen by you to try to attain a good life. And as time goes on, you discover, hey, your career, it's prosperous. You're doing very well. Oh, your neighborhood, it's nice. No crime. People mow their lawns. <laughs> they got flowers growing. It's a nice little neighborhood. Your choice of friends, just right. Good people. You care for them. They care for you. Very nice. Your hobbies, they're enjoyable. They give you a good break from the routine of life, right? You like to play golf. You like to fish. You like to fly drones. You like to shoot guns. You like to play sports. Whatever you like to do. You like to garden. You get out there and you get things done. You like to play music. All these things are enjoyable, right? And then something happens. You discover something that surpasses them all. Maybe you even knew that with all that you had, you still did not have it all because you were still seeking. See, something about this pearl dealer, he had a lot of pearls, but he never found the one that satisfied because he kept looking. He kept buying more pearls and looking for more pearls because he still wasn't satisfied with his life. He still had that void. There are people today, you have so much, you have a lot going for you, but you know, deep within your heart, there's still that void. 
because you're still seeking. You're still trying to find that satisfaction, that fulfillment. Well, we know the field and the pearl were purchased by selling all they had. And God offers us something through Isaiah the prophet. And Isaiah said this, and he wrote it down in chapter 55 of his book, verse 1. Here's what he said. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. What's he saying? That God offers us something freely. It's a free gift that he offers us. It's an opportunity, yes, to lay down the lower in order to gain the higher. Lay down the seeking of the things of the world in order to receive the things of God. And he asked the question, why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? And what's he saying? Again, we're investing our lives into things that still don't fulfill us. Nothing in this world is that fulfilling because God created us in such a way. As Solomon said it, we have eternity in our heart. There's a void in our heart that only God can fill. And how sad it is when people live their lives without filling that void or having it filled by God. And yet, you know how wonderful it is when you allow God to fill that void. You've arrived at a higher level. So Isaiah said, and speaking for God, of course, he said, Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Oh, that means God has more to give than this world could ever give you. You know, the Bible calls it the riches of Christ. They can never be exhausted. Think about that. God offers to us what we can never attain on our own. We couldn't. We couldn't attain eternal life. We couldn't attain godly contentment. We couldn't attain divine wisdom. It's impossible. All of these things are given by God. But we have to respond. The response always lies with us. God is that treasure in the field. Are you willing to purchase it? God is that great pearl with all the pearls you have. God is the mother of all pearls. Are you willing to give up all of those smaller pearls in order to have that great pearl? The one that causes you to stop seeking. You think this guy retired after he bought that pearl? I think so. I think it's like, man, I found the greatest pearl. There's none better than this. I'm retiring. I'm going to the Bahamas. I'm going to buy a hut. I'm going to go live on the beach. I got my pearl. You see, the work has stopped. So I'm going to leave you with two questions today. Questions are good because they make us think. Number one, have you found the great pearl? Have you found it? Have you noticed that 
Have you found that thing in life that causes you to stop looking in all the other directions for trying to find that true fulfillment? Have you found it? Okay. Secondly, probably even more importantly, what have you done about it? See, it's one thing to find the pearl, or it's one thing to find the treasure, but if 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 you leave it alone, what good is it? If you don't go and buy that field, there's no benefit. If you don't go and buy that pearl, there's no benefit. Uh, are you window shopping in life? That's what we would call it, right? Window shopping. We go look at things in the window and we shop in our mind. It's like, oh, I'd like to have that, but we don't make the effort to get it. We're not willing to put out the money to get it. So I want you to think. I want you to count the cost. You're going from the lower life to the higher life. It almost it sounds like a no-brainer, doesn't it? It does to me. That if you can be elevated to a higher level of living, doesn't it make sense to, to take that step? In a higher level, again, we're not talking materially. Oh, God is God doesn't think that small. It's a lot higher than that. We're talking about the soul, about the heart. Because it doesn't matter what size house you have. Contentment cannot be found in a building. It can be a little house and you can have full contentment. You can be in a big house and have no contentment. I remember seeing a man outside many years ago. Very nice house, well-to-do, very wealthy, expensive cars in the yard. And he was having a conniption. His son was arrested. I don't know why. I forget why. I don't know. And he was going ballistic in the yard. So he had no contentment. He had no joy. He had no fulfillment. Oh, he had the house and the cars and the yard. Everything was so... You would look at that and say, oh, I'd like to be over there. But I wouldn't want to be him. Because he couldn't handle the tragedy that hit his house. Whatever happened with his son, I don't know. But it really knocked him for a loop. He didn't have the divine resources to to handle that situation. So you see, God offers us divine resources to handle whatever it is that life throws at us. Are you willing to adjust your life? to a more elevated lifestyle. The Christian way of life, that's what it is. It's a more elevated lifestyle. If we do it right, prayerfully consider what God would have you to do to raise the level of your life. You say, well, I am a Christian. Okay. But are you still living in the lower life or have you attained that higher life? Because there's an experience that comes with following Christ. And part of that experience is joy and servanthood and contentment and fulfillment. So ask yourself, do I have these things? Because those are the things that come from working and walking with Christ. But we can say we're a Christian, but we're not walking with him, and we're not going to have those things. We'll still have the little baby pearls, but we're not going to have the big thing that God offers. 
There's only one treasure. There's only one great pearl. And we have to decide if it's worth turning our back on this world in order to have that. Because Jesus said, this is what the kingdom is of heaven is like. He's showing us, this is my father's kingdom. This is what it's like. So he gets us to think, wow, do I really want that for me? Next time we're together, we're going to say, he's got more. Oh, yeah. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who hired laborers. Huh. How is that like the kingdom of heaven? Are we going to see that next time? It's so important. But you see what Jesus did? He gives us all these different aspects of God's kingdom so we can have the best well-rounded understanding of what it is and how to get it and how to live in it. See, you have to learn how to live in a kingdom. If you're going to travel to a foreign country, hopefully you want to read the rules and read the laws so you don't violate the laws. If you go to England, you got to drive on the other side of the street, things like that. So when it talks about the kingdom of God, we want to learn what it means to be a good citizen of God's kingdom. That's the important thing. Well, thanks for coming along. And I, I hope that these things mean something to you. I hope they kind of, you know, just perk you up a little bit, light a little fire, because we need that sometimes. Sometimes we just need that little, that little boost to say, you know, I need to maybe... Um, Raise my level of commitment to the Lord. Sometimes the world, you know, it creeps in and it starts to deceive us and seduce us little by little by little. And before you know it, we're not where we used to be. So it's good to have a refresher course on God's kingdom and what it means to be a servant in the kingdom of God, a citizen in the kingdom of God. So thanks for coming along. Want to hear it again, the Hope Club podcast. It's a good place to go back and, and restudy these things. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure and pearls. That's what we're talking about. And uh, let other people know, listen, especially non-Christians, let them know what the kingdom of heaven is like. Turn them on to the program so they can hear for themselves. Okay? Thanks for coming along. We'll see you next time for New Hope Radio.